watching The Breakdown with the fight analyst, Garrett Kerman. And welcome back to another episode of The Breakdown. I'm your host, the fight analyst, Garrett Kerman. And with us is a very special guest, the UFC's featherweight contender, Mr. Billy Q. Billy Cornetillo. What's up, man? Thank you so much for coming on. Ah, oh, not too much, brother. I appreciate you having me. Ah, uh, yeah, man. Uh, you're here. Breakdown UFC 264. Great fight card on tap. The trilogy, Dustin Poirier taking on Conor McGregor. But before we get into that, I want to talk about your fight. You got a fight coming up next week against Gabriel Benitez. I want to know how's it going? How's preparation for this fight uh, coming up next week? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I couldn't be happier with the. With the uh, the training camp that I have, I had a great day today in particular. You know, I got some good kickboxing, Muay Thai in. Uh, got a good strength and conditioning session in. Did some sauna work. So, you know, it's the end of the day. This is my last little gig I got to do uh, for, you know, for the rest of the day. And uh, overall, it's just been a great training camp. You know, uh, my opponent has a lot of weapons come into this fight. And I think my, me and my team do a really good job of breaking our opponents down. You know, anytime we've had a good amount of time to, to study our opponents uh, and break them down, we usually do a, a really good job. And as long as I execute it, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're going to go out there and get the win. And uh, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's been a great training camp and I'm just putting the final touches on it. And I just can't wait to go perform because it's been, you know, seven months since I fought. So it's been a little bit of a time and uh, I'm excited to show what I've been working on in the meantime. Oh yeah, man. I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a while since we've seen you in there. You're, you know, one of the most exciting fighters on the roster. You know, every single time you're in there, it's a barn burner. It's never a dull moment. Every moment that you're in there. Uh, I know you had, you know, opponent change Herbert Burns, uh, you know, was able, you know, you know, he fell out. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, what did you take away from that? Like, what's your mindset going in, you know, you're going in for Herbert Burns uh, and then he falls out and now you got Gabriel Benitez. So what was your mindset when you got that call, knowing that he withdrew? Did you care who you got? It doesn't matter who you got. You know, what was your going through your mind at that time? Uh, yeah. So the, uh, you know, the, the initial thought was, you know, I got to look this guy up. I, I wasn't like a hundred percent familiar with him until I looked him up. And then I, uh, I noticed, I, I kind of remembered who he was from that last Justin James fight. Then I looked, you know, further along his career and he's had, you know, a long UFC career so far. He's fought in Sadiq Youssef. He's fought in Andre Feely. He was on the uh, ultimate fighter, the Latin America version. So luckily we had enough time to prepare. You know, we, we had a, a few weeks getting ready for Herbert Burns working, you know, the jujitsu stuff, the grappling and, and obviously the striking. And luckily we had enough time. We had, I think five weeks to get ready for Benitez. And, you know, it, it only took a couple weeks to really understand what he likes to do and to kind of set our game plan around what he likes to do and uh, kind of focus on what, what we like to do. And uh, going into this fight, I, I have a lot of confidence, you know, I'm, I'm a lot newer to the game than he is. I've only been in the UFC for you know less than two years and he's been in for, you know, many years now. So he's got a lot of film out there. And, uh, yeah, I, I just can't wait to go fight. And we're, we're super excited about this matchup now. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be a crazy matchup because you guys put on a crazy pace between the two of you, mm -hmm. you guys just go in there and just like go all out and bang it out. Do yeah. you, ex do you expect that kind of fight going in? Do you, do you, are you expecting to see pretty much who's willing to dig deep, uh, to get this win? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I was told we're going to be the first fight on the main card. It's my third fight on the main card in, uh, five fights. So it's, uh, I, I'm, I, I think that's, we got that position for a reason. I think they, they know what I bring to the table. I think they know what he brings to the table. Uh, he's got a bunch of finishes. I got a bunch of finishes. He's, you know, an exciting striker. I, I feel like I could do it everywhere. I, you know, I've knocked some guys out. I've submitted some guys. So, yeah, I think it's going to be one of those fights. Like, I wouldn't bet the over on it. I think, you know, we're going out there to, to take each other's heads off. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, whatever it takes, you know, I, I always talk about that. I just want to be known as an exciting fighter. I want, you know, people like you and and uh, other hosts to say, you know, Billy Q's an exciting fighter. We come to watch him fight. You know, I don't want to miss that. And I want to keep that going. You know, I unfortunately didn't have the best fight against Tucker. It was, it was a good fight, but, I you know, I didn't get the win. But, uh, you know, I think... I've made the the correct adjustments 
in my training for these past few months to, to go out there and get the win, you know, on July 17th. Yeah. And like you were talking about, uh, you know, this is since it's a, you know, a, a betting uh, podcast, we mm -hmm. were talking earlier, you opened as a favorite and now you're setting in as an underdog as a plus uh -huh. plus one seventy six underdog. Uh, what do you think about that going into this fight? I know you may not, you know, look into the betting lines, but do you yeah. take that into account? Yeah, no, I saw it. <laughs> no, I saw it. Um, so yeah, I noticed that. I think, um, you know, I, I lost to Gavin Tucker. He's coming off a huge win uh, over Justin James, but I think people are forgetting my overall, you know, my overall resume. And also, in the past few years, you know, he's one and two in the past, you know, two and a half years. I'm five and one in in, in that same time frame. So I think I've gotten a lot more done. And he also couldn't make weight his last fight. He missed weight by, I think, four or five pounds. Uh, is that going to be a factor? He better make weight, you know, this fight or else I'll happily take his money or or we're not going to fight. You know, I, I train every single day to make weight. I've never missed weight before. So I think a lot of people are going to lose some money because, that you know, that makes me think, you know, I started off as a favorite. Now I'm, I'm a, a pretty significant underdog, which means a lot of people are betting on my opponent. So, uh, you know, if I got to be the, the guy to take all their money and, and, you know, to, to let the house take that, that's going to be fine. I know a lot of my friends are, are getting in on that underdog money. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I don't think about the betting odds too much. And I know, you know, I've gone into fights as the underdog and won. And the last fight I was the favorite and I lost. So Vegas only knows so much. And if they, if they've seen how hard I was training for this fight, I think, I mean, they, they gave me the, uh, the favorite status to start. And I think that was the right call to make. Oh yeah. I mean, I know I'm betting on you, but that's, you know, that's, I don't know if I'm a little bit biased or not, but like, I know your skill set. you know, mm -hmm. I've, like I said, I've been watching you since the ultimate fighter. I've known that you were UC caliber, even though you didn't make it from then, I knew mm -hmm. eventually you were going to get on, uh, into the big stage and, and it showed, uh, your contender series fights and then all the way up to, you know, your last fight, even against Gavin Tucker, it was a tough fight. I know it's yeah. a tough loss, but I mean, that was a hard, hard fight. And now yeah. you got another hard fight in Gabriel Benitez, but I know it's something that you can really, you know, overcome and, you know, and push through it. Um, you know, I know you're wanting to have crazy, crazy cardio. Uh, yeah. Do you think you're going to be pushing this man's cardio to the, to the break of exhaustion into this fight? Yeah. You know, uh, you know I've had a lot of fights where the, you know, that was enough to win the fights, especially before the UFC. I felt, I went into a lot of fights and, and, you know, I would just pressure, 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 and I would wear people out and, you know, take them out that way. I feel like with, with Tucker and with Benitez, it's not enough to just beat them on pressure. You know, of course I'm going to be pressuring both, both guys. And I was in their face and, and throwing strikes, but I also just got to be the, the, the smarter, more technical fighter. And I have to have that, that kill, that kill switch, which I didn't have against Tucker. You know, I landed some good clean shots, but I didn't follow up on it enough. I didn't stop the takedowns when I needed to. And against Benitez, I'm not going into this fight just with the mentality of I'm going to break him with cardio because maybe you don't break him with cardio. You know, maybe he, he does look like he has good conditioning and I'm expecting that I'm expecting him to be able to fight for three rounds. However, I know I have some weapons that I've really been uh, fine tuning and it, even if the cardio is not enough to push him to the to the breaking point, I know the combination of of what I'm going to bring to the table is going to be enough to get the finish. So that's what I'm I'm more motivated to to finish him that way. Having a fight a higher fighting IQ, being able to beat him in different aspects of the fight, and you know whether I beat him with the pressure or just you know land that the right shot or the, the right submission, whatever it takes, I'm going in there to get my hand raised and, and get back on track. I like it. I like it. Um, as far as you know, betting wise into this fight, we said you, you know, you are underdog, but if we could get a prop on you, what would be the most specific prop that we can cash big on in, in this fight? Oh man. You know, it's, it's crazy. I get people, I get people that like DM me all the time. Like, Oh man, are you going for the, you going for the submission or are you going for the <laughs> knockout? It, you know, it's, I wish it worked like that. I wish I could just snap my fingers and pick one, but I'm, I'm going to take what he gives me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to knock him out on the feet. The second the bell rings, we're both going to be trying to knock each other out. We're both, be, you know, trying to land those hard shots. Whether I want to mix in takedowns, whether he's looking for takedowns in the grappling, uh, it's going to be tough to say. But like I said, I don't see this fight going to the judges. I think we both have the ability to finish. 
So, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking that Billy Q underdog money straight up. Uh, that's what I would go with as a better, but it, it, you know, if I wasn't going with that, if I wasn't sure who was going to win, I would take a finish for sure. Because if you look at our history, he's got mostly all finishes. I got mostly all finishes. It, it would make sense that that would be what, what would, what would happen. Uh, so yeah, that's what I would, ha- I would have to go with uh, a big finish. And, and obviously that's what I'm looking for. I don't know if it's going to be a submission or knockout, but I'm, I'm not in there to, to go to a decision. I, I hate it when, when the judges get involved, it makes me uncomfortable. So I'm looking for what Billy Q by whatever it gets done is the, the, my betting favorite right there. I like it. So inside the distance is, uh, is your go-to. And I like that. Cause uh, I think we get some even better odds there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, where where are you looking in the future? I, I know you don't want to look, you know, past your opponent. But mm-hmm. what's your, uh, you know, your trajectory after this fight? Um, yeah, you know, like you said, I don't want to look. I don't want to look too far ahead of him. I the biggest thing for me is this is my fifth fight in the UFC Apex, and that's oh man, it's just a lot of fights to have in like that little small you know, that, that, that small complex with no fans. So whatever happens after this, I'm hoping to fight at least once more this year, maybe, uh, you know, October, November, December timeframe, whatever the case may be. I just hope getting, getting a huge, you know, victory, a huge finish, huge knockout performance of the night, submission of the night, whatever the case may be, an extra 50 K would be nice. And then the next fight with fans, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. I know I still got at least, you know, two, three more fights before, I'm getting in that top five, top 10 range. So to me, I really just want to enjoy that, you know, that UFC experience that we were in uh, UFC when uh, in Phoenix, when Israel and, uh, you know, Nate Diaz fought and all those guys and just the atmosphere there, man, like I missed it so much. And it just reminded me like what I got into fighting for, and that's just being an entertainer and getting out there and the whole crowd going crazy, you know, when like, uh, when Nate Diaz came out or when Brandon Moreno won the title, the crowd just went nuts. And like, it's just a different type of energy. So I love the apex and I'm very comfortable there. You know, this being my fifth fight there, I'm, I'm uh, three and one there right now. And uh, it's great. I love it there. I, I think it's a, it's an amazing facility. I would love to train there down the road, but I'm just hoping after this fight, the next fight could be, in front of fans, sold out fans. I have a ton of friends and family that are just itching to fly out and, and come to one of my fights. So no matter what happens after getting this win is no matter who I fight, I, I hope it's with fans after that. I like it. No. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need some fans. I mean, you're yeah, like I said, your, your fights are just nonstop action. So, you know, you would bring so much entertainment to any live you know live event so having you there even if you win even if you lose it's just you know it's just that exciting moment and uh i I definitely i definitely feel you there you definitely should get on one of those pay-per-view cards hopefully uh you know towards later part of the year uh Mm -hmm. so so with that said uh you are here to help our viewers make some money at ufc 264 great Mm -hmm. fight card on tap so we're going to get into the betting aspect of this podcast. So let's start it off on the preliminary car, the early prelims. So our first fight up is in the middleweight division between Hughes Yaozong and Alan Amadovsky. Right now, Amadovsky is a minus 145 favorite. And the comeback on Yaozong is a plus 120 underdog. Who do you got in this one? Okay, so um, so for some of these fights, I don't really know too much about these guys. So for me, like for this fight, I probably want to touch this one, uh, not knowing enough about either guy. And especially with close odds, I've done that before where there's like big odds and, but I didn't know too much about it. And I, and you know, I, I placed a bet. So for this fight, I probably would have to leave it to one of you guys, one of the experts. Um, there's a few fights on here. I don't know a ton about the guys. And when I don't know enough about even one, you know, one of the fighters, like if I know something about one guy, but not the other, um, I got to avoid it. So for this one, I just don't know enough about uh, this guy, th- these guys for, for me to bet on it. Yeah, I OK, I'm I'm not betting on either one of these two. OK, they both are, I believe, own two in the UFC. They both haven't fought in years. Uh, Yao yeah. Zhang was a former heavyweight. Then a former light heavyweight. Now he's making his middleweight debut. Hasn't fought in three years. Uh, losing to Cyril Asker and uh, uh, two guys that aren't in the UFC anymore. Then Alan Amadovsky lost to... Uh, I forgot. 
Uh, I know he he lost to Ph John Phillips, gave John Phillips his only win in his UFC career in under 30 seconds. So that's never good. Oh. Um, so, and then you look at Yao Zhang, he's about five inches taller. Uh, he's he's going to be huge there, but man, I, I don't know who the hell to pick in this fight. Yeah. Let's, put, let's put it that way. I'm not betting on this fight, but if I had to choose a winner, I'd probably go Amandowski. I think he's more seasoned. You're talking about a guy who's got twice as much experience. Uh, he looks better technically on the feet. But yeah, yeah. I'm, this is a very far past situation. I want really nothing to do with this fight at all. All right. So next up, we have a fight in the flyweight division between Zalgis Zumagulov and Jerome Rivera. Zumagulov is a minus 350 favorite and the comeback on Rivera's plus 270 underdog. Who do you got in this one? Yeah, this is another one. These these two fights are, are uh, I'm looking at the card now. Uh, these two, and then there's one other one that these, I just don't know enough about them. Uh, and you know, not, not, that's not disrespectful to them. I'm sure there's a ton of fighters who have no idea who I am. And, uh, yeah, so this one, I mean, the odds are obviously there for, for one of the guys, uh, not, not Rivera. If there might be a, a chance for someone to make some money off that if they know more about it than me. Uh, but like I said, I've got, I got burned one time a long time ago where there was huge odds for someone. I put them in a parlay and they got smoked and I was like, why did I, you know, why did I even do that? So yeah, this one's the, the this one. And then that, uh, the, the Trevin, the Trevin Giles fight, those three are probably the ones that I don't know enough about them where I would, I would have to avoid them. And like I said, obviously these guys know no disrespect for to them. I just don't, you know, I train, I train a lot. I don't follow every single no, of fight. Course. <laughs> but you guys might, you know, there's some experts that know every single cut fight, but, uh, I, you know, I have another job that is, uh, <laughs> is fighting. So I, I don't know too much about this one. No, you're, you're good, man. Uh, I, um, I'm normally insta fade Ron Rivera after his uh, contender series fight. I was very big of Rivera in coming into his contender series fight. Um, and I thought he lost that fight and I got extremely lucky and he was a massive favorite. Uh, he didn't get signed. Then he got uh, a short notice replacement fight, I think. And he's only three in the UFC. He's not looked good. I think he's gotten knocked out in two of his three losses. Uh -huh. um, he's a half a foot taller than Zumagulov. Zumagulov is actually not terrible. He's he's fought good competition and fight nights global, you know, in the Russian circuit. Uh, he beat Tyson Nam. uh and a bunch of other, you know, Ali uh, Bagajanov, and you know, and he got robbed in his last fight uh, as well. Uh, I think he's a better fighter, but at minus three fifty, that's way too steep of a price for me to pay on yeah. Zuma Gulov. Um, I think it's just uh, a fight that I gotta have to pass on. Uh, I really want to take a shot on Rivera, but I need like plus three hundred, plus yeah. four hundred, plus four hundred. Yeah. So um, I'm passing on this fight, but if I'm picking a winner, I'd probably have to be Zuma Gulov. Um, and I'm not extremely confident in in his abilities, being that he's half a foot shorter and he's given up six inch reach advantage as well. So mm -hmm. that's uh, that's pretty massive. All right. So next up, we have a fight in the middleweight division between Brad Tavares and Amari Akhmadov. Right now, Tavares is a minus 150 favorite, and the comeback on Akhmadov is a plus 125 underdog. Who do you got? Okay. Yeah, for this one, I would have to go with uh, Brad Tavares on this one. Uh, I just like his resume. He's fought in, obviously, everyone. You know, he's got some huge wins. Uh, that last fight he had, you know, he looked good on the uh, the, the last time on the Abu Dhabi car. We, we actually got a chance to see him in Abu Dhabi. We were there for that. Um, he looked good in that fight. He, he, he seems like he only loses against the top quality guys. I'm looking at his resume right now. He lost to Edmund Shabazian, who's, you know, I think legit still, uh, Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker are his last three losses. So to me, he's, he's fought in the, the top ech echelon guys. Um, his opponent, Amari is also a stud, uh, you know, coming off some, coming off a big win as well. Uh, losing to Chris Weidman before that. I just think overall his resume, I think Brad Tavares being a little bit more veteran, you know, slight uh, favorite in this one. I don't know if I would touch it like in my parlay that I'm probably going to bet down on, uh, but I do like, I probably would go with uh, Tavares who is a slight favorite in this one. 
Yeah, I gotta have to ride with Tavares as well. I think he's actually really impressed me in his last fight. Uh, he defended mm -hmm. almost every every takedown that Antonio yep. Carlos Jr. you know attempted. Um, and you know how big and how strong uh, Antonio Carlos Jr. is. And then in comes Amari Akhmadov. You know he's a uh, He's pretty much a bull. He just wants to go in there, take you down, grind you out. Uh, I don't think he has the cardio to go toe to toe with Tavares. I don't think he has the striking to go toe to toe with Tavares. Yeah, uh, I, I think agree. I think Tavares's striking has gotten a lot crisper, a lot better. I think those calf kicks are going to be a problem. And I think him being able to keep this fight on the feet, it's his fight all day. He's got seventy nine percent takedown defense. I think he's going to look good in this fight. I think at minus one fifty, I think we're getting a really good line there too. I know Akhmadov is actually pretty good at cashing in as an underdog. I think he's four and three in his UFC uh, time as an underdog, which is pretty good there. But um, he hasn't beaten the the you know the best of the best. You know yeah, his last. Bad. Yeah, he's his last loss was against Wyman, and and both of them were completely gassed halfway through round two. Uh, so as long as Tavares makes him work and doesn't get stuck underneath him, I think he should run away with this fight. And, it's, and at minus one fifty, I think we're getting a, a really good line. I agree. All right. Next up, we have a fight in the women's flyweight division between Jennifer Maya and Jessica I right now Maya is a minus 190 favorite and they come back on I is a plus 160 underdog who do you got uh yep I think uh Jennifer Maya I think takes this one uh you know her last fight going to to a decision against the champ uh Valentina Shinchenkov which is no easy task and just overall her record beating Calderwell uh beating Roxanne beating Alexis Davis uh fighting obviously the the best of the best which Jessica I has too uh, but I just think she's going to be a little too much for her overall game. I just think she's a little bit better everywhere, and I think she gets it done. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, I'm not great on the, the line at minus 190, but I think she's all yeah. overall better fighter. She's faced you know top-notch co competition. She gave tooth and nail to Valentina better than anybody that's ever you know in the entire flyweight division. So that's uh, mm -hmm. and then I think she's at least won a round or two against her. Uh, in yeah. that fight, you know, was, the thinking at the time, it was pretty close towards the end. I think Valentina, you know, took off, but I do agree. I do remember watching that and thinking, I'm like, man, this girl's, you know, taking her down, holding her down, uh, right. and doing that. And if she can do that to Valentina, she can probably do that against Jessica. Yeah, I agree too. And she's the better jujitsu practitioner as well. Uh, she could probably get a sub if she gets her down, gets her in top, mm -hmm. uh, you know, top control. So yeah, I'm, I'm riding with Jeff Jennifer Maya here as well. Um, and I think she can, I think she could get the win here. All right, let's let's go. All right, next up is the Chevin Giles fight. <laughs> uh, in the middleweight division, we have a fight between Chevin Giles and Drickus Duplessis. Uh, right now, Duplessis is a minus one twenty favorite, and Giles is a plus one hundred underdog. So, I'll just take this one over. Um, as far as this fight goes, this is a tough one. Uh, it's close for a reason. Uh, Giles mm -hmm. actually, you know, he's been pretty decent in his time. He's you know made some mishaps in his uh, two losses. He just you know, he got clipped in one, and then he decided to grapple with Mirashard in another, which was mind-boggling in itself. Yeah. Um, and then Duplessis, uh, he he looked good. Obviously, he got the win, but he was getting tagged uh, a little bit too much in, in, in the early portion of the fight. Man, it's a tough one. I, I think Giles... Giles does have what it takes to to pull this out, but I think the the athleticism of Duplessis and I think the 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 volume of Duplessis will give Giles a ton of trouble because Giles is a single shot striker. He throws a lot of jab straights, and uh, it's kind of slow on the feet. And you give him against somebody that just throws volume. I think they can pretty much beat him as long as they don't get caught. So I'm going to go with Duplessis here. Uh, minus 120. Not extremely confident, but I, I think he could get it done. All right. This is a fight that I'm really looking forward to. I think a lot of people are as well. Uh, a fight in the featherweight division between Ilya Taporia and Ryan Hall. Right now, Taporia is a minus 250 favorite. And the comeback on Ryan Hall is a plus 195 underdog. Who do you got in this one? Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to go with my guy, Ryan Hall. I'm going to have to take the underdog in this one. Um, I saw an interview with his opponent, Ilya. I can't really say his name right, but um, I know he's a stud. He's young. And I think he's a little overconfident. I don't know if that... I don't know if it's a real overconfidence or he's just kind of saying stuff just to say it. And, and, you know, this is his first time he's 
you know, I'm seeing his interviews where he's, he's, you know, making a lot of waves. Uh, but I think a, a lot of people are sleeping on Ryan Hall. He's not as active the, you know, he, but he's also had a lot of opponents pull out on him. I think he, this is the first time he pulled out was his last fight. So I just think that Ryan Hall has fought the better quality opponents. He trains with some, some savages. Uh, you know, he's got Kenny Florian in his corner. Who's just, uh, you know, an encyclopedia of MMA worked with Frost Zahabi and just his mindset. You know, I lived, lived with him in the ultimate fighter house for, for six weeks. One of my favorite things to do is to pick his brain. He loved to stay up late and I would chat with him all the time. And I think, uh, Ryan Hall is one of the smartest guys that you're going to meet in MMA. And I think, like I said, I think his opponent's a little, a little overconfident. And I think that's, what's going to get him in trouble. And he, you know, he's basically saying he's not afraid to go to the ground with him. He's not afraid to strike with him. And I think Ryan's smart enough to find a way to get it done and to get the win and, and probably the finish too. Yeah. I, I learned, I listened to that and I read all that as well. And that's, what's kind of like me shying away from, you know, putting a play on Taporia mm -hmm. here because you can't be too confident. Okay. Especially against somebody as good as Ryan Hall is on the mat. That's like, playing with fire don't don't be like oh yeah i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna play jujitsu with one of the best jujitsu fighters in yeah. the entire ufc i don't want to hear that from a guy that knows he can win the fight standing it just i just don't want to mm -hmm. hear it it makes me shy away from betting him minus 250 i definitely don't want to take him at that price either um i think and the thing is it's it's hard to fight ryan a hall i mean he's got yeah. You know, he, he, it's just he's so awkward. His striking is is hard to get a read on. His kicks are really good. They've gotten a lot better. I know he's been working a lot with Wonder Boy, too. So I know mm -hmm. his throughout the years, his kicks got even better than they were yeah. the last time we saw them. And then you got, you know, the jujitsu and the Iminari roles, the 50-50 positions, mm -hmm. all that type of stuff that you have to worry about. It's, it's just a puzzle piece that... I don't know if Tapor is going to be able to to solve. So yeah. you know, getting Ryan Hall plus one ninety is a is a pretty good play there. I like Ryan Hall because he just does this to people. He just makes them afraid of him. He makes them not really uh you know engage with him. And him by decision at almost plus five hundred, I think it's plus four fifty, is just ridiculous. Wow. In yeah, it's interesting. And and you know, like I said, his his opponent. I watched him in his last fight. And the guy was just standing and trading with him. And it seems like a lot of guys are doing that. And I, and I know he's got some submissions too, but I just feel like if he's over aggressive with Ryan, he's gonna, Ryan's going to find a way to get in on his legs or to land a hook kick or to land something big. And and like you were saying, we haven't seen Ryan in a long time. And, and it's not like he wasn't training. He's getting better and better and better. And he's one of those guys that every time you see him, he gets better. And I think you're going to see the best Ryan Hall He's got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I was actually trying, was going to get some training in with him, but our, 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 our plans kind of fell through, but I'm obviously rooting for him and uh, I think he gets it done. Yeah. I, I, and like I said, I think we're getting a, a good line of him plus one ninety. Um, I'm actually going to ride with you here too, as well. Uh, you kind of made me see the lights. on Ryan Hall. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the featured bout on the prelims in the welterweight division between Nico price and Michelle Pereira. Uh, Pajera is a minus 155 favorite and the comeback on price is a plus 130 underdog. Who do you got? Oh man. So, uh, betting wise, I'd probably stay away from this fight just cause both guys are so, so unorthodox. Um, I don't want to bet against my guy, Nico price. I've met him a few times. Super cool guy from Florida. And with the, with fights like this, they're both so unorthodox. You know, Nico price gets all these crazy knockouts, does it from wherever, uh, Piera or however you say his name. Sorry if I butchered that. No, you're but, good. <laughs> yeah. He's jumping off the cage. He's doing backflips. He, I saw that one fight where he gassed out and then lost a fight that he, <sighs> you know, he looked like he had a one. I think he's gotten smarter since then, but man, you know, Nico price is a very tough dude. He's fought some of the best guys in the world. I would stay away from this one. If I had, you know, gun to my head, I guess I would go Nico price with that underdog money. But again, I, this one, I just, I hate fights like this where it's just, so unpredictable in my opinion yeah i'm i'm with you with that as well um it's a really tough fight to call because like you said they're very unorthodox they both got power to end end the night um and you don't know what you're gonna get from either one of them you really don't uh anything can really happen uh and i'm a fan of nico price as well i've met him too he's arguably one yeah, of the nicest cool one, 
one of the nicest guys I, I've ever met. He's he's super cool. Um, plus one thirty is not bad price on him. We've seen Pajeda. Uh, he he's gassed before. Uh-huh. Uh, we've seen him do stupid stuff. His fight IQ is definitely not the best. And I think Price, you know, he can mix in some takedowns. Uh, he's got the power, uh, and he's he's been around the block. He's faced great competition. Uh, I'm gonna roll with Price here as well, plus one thirty. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with him as well. I actually. Our next fight is the featured bout on the prelims, and that is a fight in the welterweight division between Max Griffin and Carlos Condit. Right now, Griffin's a minus 200 favorite, and the comeback on Condit's a plus 165 underdog. What do you got? Um, Yeah, so for this one, this is another one where I would just avoid, and the reason why is because I'm a huge fan of Carlos Condit. I grew up watching him. I'm a huge fan of Brandon Gibson, who's his coach. Um, I got a chance to work with him on The Ultimate Fighter. And, you know, I, I just love there's 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 a scene from if you want to check it out, I, I watch it almost before every fight. It was one of those 24 sevens with Carlos Condit and uh, George St. Pierre. And it's like the closing scene of it. And oh, man, it's just such a, a cool scene. Like, I don't know who made it, but it could have won like uh, an Academy Award. Uh, and it was just really cool. And, and I just love that fight with George St. Pierre. Uh, but with that being said, I think Max Griffin probably gets it done. Uh, he's just younger, fresher. He's very explosive striker. He's got a lot of weapons. Condit is, you know, unfortunate a fighter. Uh, some that all fighters deal with is, is, you know, trying to battle back from, you know, getting older. You know, he's just not the same fighter that he used to be. And we're, you know, we're, we're all going to face that eventually. And I think right now Max Griffin entering his prime. Yeah, I would say he probably gets it done. But like I said, I can never bet against Carlos Condit. I grew up watching him, watching, you know, the natural born killer. I'm a huge fan of his. So I would avoid it. But at the end of the day, I think Max probably gets it done. Yeah, I've been a fan of uh, Carlos Condit forever as well. I was I was rooting for him against Dame Maya and I was super upset when, he, you know, we got that L, uh, yeah. you know, back in the day. But, um, you know, he's he's been around the block. I know mm-hmm. he's rat- he's rattled off two wins, but they were against guys that you know, Court McGee and Matt Brown. They were kind of they're on the end of their career. Max Griffin has actually looked the best he's ever been in his last yeah. two wins yeah. uh, against younger competition, not against somebody like Carlos Condit, who's actually towards the end of his career. Uh, his you know his striking has looked crisp. Uh, you know, working at MMA Gold with Jim West and, and everybody over there, uh, he just looked really good and uh his confidence is at an all-time high he knows his he's capable of getting it done and i think the sky's the limit for him and i think he's going to keep rolling here minus 200 is a little steep of a price but i think it's a decent parlayable piece uh, at minus yeah. 200 i i think he's got the tools as long as he's smart mixes it up i i would hope he goes for some takedowns because we know carlos content doesn't defend takedowns well uh that's my only drawback about just going crazy on griffin here because you know he's he's going in there thinking he's just going to go in there and just you know headhunt and and take carlos condit out get caught yeah yeah and i don't want to see that happen because he could take an elbow from condit and get and get put away and i've seen it happen you know griffin's griffin's been you know knocked out before so i want him to mix it up i want to see him take him down and i just want to see the all around uh max griffin so i have him winning not super confident but i think he gets it done here Mm -hmm. i agree all right next up is our first fight on the main card in the (laughs) bandaweight division between sean o'malley and this black guy over here chris moutinho (laughs) this you know, shadow of Chris Moutinho, the UFC debuter on short notice, 10 days notice, Chris Moutinho after Lewis Smoka had to pull out. Right now, uh, Sean O'Malley is a minus 900 favorite, and the comeback on Moutinho is a plus 600 underdog. Who do you got? Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I, you know, betting-wise, I, I, I hate fights like this to bet on. I don't know enough about right. his opponent, but and especially with those those high of numbers, I just feel like, you know, betting on the favorite, there's really no no reward to it. You know, you're going to have to bet a lot of money. And then if you lose, like, you know, anyone can anything can happen in a fist fight, right. especially when I'm sure this dude's going to be whipping calf kicks and low kicks at him just to, you know, why not? And uh, I heard he gets trained by uh, those the New England cartel boys, I'm pretty right. sure. So, you know, you can't – you don't want to bet – you know, I, I just don't like betting on fights like this personally but i i will be watching as a fan sean o'malley's an exciting fighter to watch his last fight he looked so fast so sharp 
Uh, I'm excited to watch him fight against, you know, the Cody Garbrandts and the Rob Fonts and, and those type of guys down the, you know, hopefully next fight, you know, he, he fights someone in the, you know, in the top 10, top 15, but yeah, I think Sean O'Malley gets it done. I wouldn't touch this, this fight unless it was a part of a parlay or if it was a prop bet, like maybe, you know, second round knockout or something like that. But I haven't done enough research on his opponent. I've been, you know, in training camp. So I would avoid this fight. But yeah, I think Sean gets it done. Probably something crazy. He's gonna be throwing, he's gonna be whipping stuff at him. And and uh yeah, I, I would I would say O'Malley, but I wouldn't touch this one. Yeah, definitely not laying any type of juice on minus nine hundred. That's absolutely absurd. Yeah. <laughs> um Chris Matino, I've watched him fight numerous times. Uh he's you know, he's not a terrible uh fighter, but he's you know, he's a pressure fighter, he's coming forward thing is he doesn't move his head a lot like at uh-huh. all so that's going to be a problem i think he's going to get tagged a ton early on in that fight i wouldn't be surprised if we see o'malley come away with a first minute or second minute knockout yeah. in the first in the first round uh i think there's going to be there's going to it's going to show that there's levels to this um i think it's a little bit too soon for Matinho as well i could be wrong i hope i'm wrong i want him to show that i am wrong uh, cause I think he's a, a good fighter. I think he d- deserves yeah. to be there at some point, but mm-hmm. I think, I think O'Malley just kind of runs through it in the first round. If the odds aren't, you know, are there, I think it's, if it's plus money, I would take, you know, Sean O'Malley by first round knockout, but I'm, I don't think yeah. the odds are out, out for it just yet, but that's, that's literally it. You can't, you can't do yeah, anything yeah. else. Like a, pro- like a prop bet or something like that. And yeah, I would, I might, you know, might throw money on that, but I want to touch it straight up. Right. No, no, that, that's no point. All right. Next up, we have a fight in the women's bantamweight division between Irene Aldana and Yana Kunitsukaya. Right now, Aldana is a minus 120 favorite, and the comeback on Kunitsukaya is a plus 100 underdog. Who do you got? Um, Yeah, I would probably have to go with uh, Irene on this one, uh, just on the fact that I think she's a little more dangerous on the feet. Uh, you know, her losses, Holly Holm and Raquel Pennington, with a couple big wins in between, um, you know, I just think she—I think she's a little bit better striker, and uh, not—I don't know a ton about either girl. I've seen a, a, a couple of both their fights. I believe uh, her opponent's married to Tiago Santos. I could be wrong about that, but I think right. I've seen them together before. Um, and I've seen, you know, I've seen bits. I know she's coming off a couple wins in a row now. But I just think Irene, a little bit sharper striker. She's had a little bit tougher fights, and I think she, uh, you know, obviously close odds, but I think she gets it done. Yeah, I'm actually not, like, really confident, but I'm confident enough that uh, Aldana gets this win here. I think she's Mm -hmm. a much, much better striker. Um, You look at Kunitsukai, her last win, you know, was against Ketlin Vieta, uh, but all all of her strikes landed were when, you know, Ketlin had her back on the on the mat uh mm-hmm. i i bet on uh yana in that fight uh i don't know if i got lucky maybe i got lucky it was like a plus 200 something uh live betting uh line there but um you know she was controlled for almost 10 minutes of that fight and somehow won it was yeah. it was odd but you know yana is a muay thai striker by trade and i think aldana has you know she has the ball better striking much more volume i mean yeah. she's she's landing 5.52 strikes per minute and she's throwing upwards of like 12 per minute so mm-hmm. she's got crazy output and as long as she doesn't get held against the cage by yana uh you know and you know yana just does her clinch work with her knees and her elbows against the cage as long as that doesn't happen she should run away with this fight especially mm-hmm. in a 30 foot octagon she should be able to keep the distance throw the jab out there, throw her kicks and just keep it moving. Uh, and she does get hit a ton, you know, 61% uh, of her strikes are, are defended. So I'm going to go with her here. Minus 120. I think we're getting really good odds. as well. I think it's good. You know, we're, get, we're getting yeah. close odds on that one. All right. And we're up with the big boys in the heavyweight division uh, in a fight between Ty Tuavasa and Greg Hardy. Tuavasa is a minus 135 favorite. And a comeback on Hardy is a plus 110 underdog. What do you got in this one? Uh, I, I'm going to have to go with a Ty Tuavasi on this one or Tuavasa. Him in the shoey. Uh, I think he gets it done. He's gotten <laughs> some big wins over some high level guys. I just think overall, you know, he's more dynamic with the striking. Hardy obviously is a freak of nature, just so powerful. 
and he's doing an, an incredible job, you know, moving up the rankings. I never would have thought, you know, when he made his debut, what, a couple of years ago, I never would have thought he would have got to this level this fast, you know, so hats off to him. I just think it's a little too much for him. I know a lot of people on Twitter were saying Hardy's going to get the knockout. I'm going to go against that. I'm going to go with Ty on this one. I think just with his experience, his experience against higher level fighters, him being able to deal with what Hardy's going to bring to the table, which is just some raw power. Um, I think he gets it done. Uh, close odds on that one, but yeah, I think he's, uh, I think he's just a, a better overall fighter. Yeah, I agree there as well. I mean, like you said, faced a far better competition. Other than Volkov, he's faced better competition. He's beaten better competition. I think he's the quicker of the two. I know uh, Hardy's more athletic, but I think even Tuivasa is actually the quicker of the two. I think he's got more tools. I think that calf kick is going to play major dividends in this fight as well. I think he can even mix in some takedowns because he's training over at AKA, so I know he's been working on his takedowns. If he's able to get you know, Hardy down. Hardy's not getting back up. Let's just put it point yeah. blank. He's not getting back up. Um, and I think Tuivasa is just going to be able to put a pace and put a pressure on him and, and you make Hardy work. And, you know, Hardy's gas tank is pretty much next to none. I mean, he, his cardio is not good. We've mm-hmm. seen it. You know, he looked great in his last fight against Tybor in that first round. And somehow, some way, he just gassed out after that first round of just yeah. straight up striking. So uh, we'll yeah. see what happens, but I think uh, I, I think Tuivasa gets another win here, be three in a row, and then he's uh, slowly climbing up the rankings again. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next up, we are in our co-main event of the evening in the welterweight division between Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and Gilbert Burns. Right now, Thompson's a minus 175 favorite, and the comeback on Burns is a plus 145 underdog. Who do you got? Um, yeah, so I... Uh, I was hoping to be tag team partners with Wonder Boy. I thought we were going to fight the uh, the the uh, um, the the Burns brothers back to back weeks. Uh, that didn't happen. My my Burns is out. Uh, I am a little surprised with the odds. I do like Wonder Boy in this fight. I'm I'm just a huge fan of Wonder Boy, and I think his striking is super dynamic. I don't necessarily like the odds though. I thought it would be a little closer. I thought it'd be closer to to even, especially because. Uh, outside of the the Usman fight, I think Gilbert Burns has looked really, really good. And having that loss, you know, he obviously, both guys are a really good gym. I think this loss for Gilbert Burns, he's going to have a big chip on his shoulder. Uh, but I still like Wonder Boy with the striking. He's obviously fought high-level grapplers before, and he's been able to do really well against them. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 like, uh, I like Wonder Boy, but I don't love the odds on this fight maybe put it with a parlay or something like that. But yeah, I like, I'm just a huge fan of wonder boy. And I do think his striking so dynamic and he doesn't look like he's, you know, I know he's getting a little bit older, but in my opinion, it doesn't look like it's he's slowing down like some other fighters are. So I would take wonder boy. I don't, like I said, I don't love the odds on it, but yeah, I would go with him. Yeah. Um, I'm a very big Burns fan. He's arguably one of my favorite fighters, you know, in the UFC. Um, and it sucks to go against him here, but I am fairly, fairly confident in wonder boy, uh, getting the win here. I think this is a really bad match for Burns. I know Burns is, uh, you know, he's getting, he got Raymond Daniels to come and kind of mimic, uh, yeah. the striking, uh, but I've also heard that a lot of people have have done the same thing and actually lost with Raymond Daniels uh, trying to, uh, you know, get some work in there. I think they're I know they're two flashy strikers, but they're kind of completely different in uh, different spectrums of striking. Um, but when it comes to, you know, Burns, I, I just don't think he's going to want to stand in his strike with one boy. I don't think he's going to be able to contest yeah. with Wonder Boy. Uh, I don't think the 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 calf kicks are going to do as well as they would against other people. Um, you know, cause one boy is used to those calf kicks. He, he conditioning, he conditions his calf kicks, uh, uh his calves all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be a, a thing. Um, he's going to have to take this fight to the mat. Wonder boy hasn't been taken down since, uh, Tyrone Woodley in their, in their last, uh, title fight. Mm-hmm. He's only been taken down by two, two fighters in his entire UFC career. He's got 78, Take uh, takedown defense as well. Uh, he's outlanding his opponents by 1.44 strikes uh, to one ratio, which is in- insane. I just think, you know, at the end of the day, if Burns doesn't get this fight to the mat, Wonderboy's got to run away with this fight mm-hmm. all day. So I got I got to go Wonderboy here, and, and it pains me to say it because I'm a yeah. huge Burns fan, but 
I think I'm going to be betting uh, hefty on Wonderboy, you know, uh, this weekend. I like it. I like it. All right. We're up to our main event, the trilogy, the fight between Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Uh, right now, Poirier is on minus 120 favorite, which is crazy because he was such a massive underdog in their last fight. And the comeback on Conor McGregor is a plus 100 underdog. That is insane because of the fact that I think Conor hasn't been an underdog in years other than you know other than khabib he hasn't been underdog in quite some time so you got in this one yeah i think that's i i think you nailed it i think that's the first time he's been an underdog and i actually expected you know because connor's got someone like you know worldwide fandom uh i'm surprised that they haven't bumped those numbers through the roof uh which tells me there's a lot of people that either are putting big chunks down on poirier or just a lot of people are confident that getting that last win is going to carry over. I am going to go with Dustin Poirier on this one. Uh, you know, we got, we got a chance to meet both guys last fight because we were in Abu Dhabi with the Matt Favola fight. So we got to meet both guys. I, I love how down to earth Dustin Poirier was. We met, uh, we met Conor McGregor at the pool and he had like security around him. It was like real, like uptight. Uh, his coaches are really cool. Conor's coaches are super cool i they were they actually remembered me from the ultimate fighter um shout out to owen rowdy uh that dude's a man you know him and his wrestling coach uh surge off they're both super cool they were super nice and approachable uh but yeah conor mcgregor showed up on a yacht and uh i think like a bentley and dustin poirier flew in with the rest of the fighters at after, after the fight was over dustin flew back with everyone we got we got to talk to him and matt brown and all those guys i love that about him that he's He's just, you know, your everyday fighter, and he still acts like it. I did, I did rewatch their last fight. Uh, I think Poirier did a real good job. You know, he got the takedown that first round. I remember thinking it when I was watching it that Connor was picking him apart, but most of the fight was, you know, up against the cage. And I think that was a really smart play by Poirier to wear him out. I could definitely see Connor keeping it striking and, you know, out striking him and getting the finish in the first round. But I think overall as a fighter, if if Poirier is able to do anything to slow down that explosiveness in the first round and he's able to take the fight even the later later second, third round, I think Poirier just overall his striking looks really sharp right now. McGregor coming off of that loss, you know, neither guy fought anyone else in between. I don't love to bet on this one. You know, the fights are super close. I'm, I'm probably going to uh, parlay some other fights and, and leave this one to, just to watch because McGregor's so explosive and, and either guy is able to get that first round knockout. But I think overall Poirier is just laser focused right now. And, and I think he gets it done. Uh, but, you know, this is, it's a tough fight to call. And I think that's what makes it so exciting. And I'm going to be watching it as a fan. Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna be touching this fight either. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's so hard because we really don't know where we get for Connor. Uh, we know he's he's always he always changes as you know each fight progresses, mm -hmm. especially in the rematch. He always looks completely different. Uh, there's no way he's gonna be as flat footed as he was in the first fight. In this yeah. fight, you know he's gonna check leg kicks. So I don't think Poirier is gonna go to the leg kicks. He's gonna maybe fake some of the leg kicks. And yeah. go upstairs, maybe throw some high kicks. We don't know. It's just so many intangibles that we really don't know what's going to happen to this fight. They're they're going into this fight. I think we're going to see completely different game plans from both of them. Maybe Poirier goes for more takedowns. He knows he can get takedowns. Maybe he goes in there, goes more a little grapple heavy, takes yeah. some some of the wind out of uh, Connor. And because we, we know after the round two, Connor is just, his cardio is just like next to nothing after that. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, Poirier can go 25 minutes. We've seen it. And it takes a hell of a lot to take Poirier out. We've yeah. seen, like, you know, Gaethje couldn't couldn't do it. Uh, you know, everybody else. It's it's extremely hard. I think Poirier's at the top of his game. I think he's on his way to being the champion after this win. I think he's going to go in there and he's going to, you know, he's going to take the belt against Charles Oliveira. Uh, and he knew this is a, the right way to do it. He knew he he wanted to get this, you know, he get this win. He wanted to he wanted to get his money first and then go for the belt. So, you know, I give him kudos for that. Um, it's going to be a tough fight for both of them. Mm -hmm. I'm super looking forward to it. I yeah. just I just can't really pinpoint what who's going to win. But I think I think Poirier comes out victorious in, in this one. I don't like the odds of minus 120. Uh, 
it, it sucks that uh you know we're not getting plus money on Poirier. But man, Connor Connor McGregor at plus one hundred is so it's so like right there. It's like I want to, I want to, yeah. but uh, I just I just don't think he can. I don't think he could do it. I think Poirier is also gonna be the much bigger fighter in there. You're talking about a guy that's gonna be upwards of one eighty ish probably. Uh, and you know Connor doesn't get up to it doesn't add almost thirty pounds after the fight after the weigh in. So um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with Poirier here. I think he wins and I think he gets his title shot against Oliveira and I think he becomes the undisputed, you know, lightweight champion. Yeah. And then I think we finally get to see uh, Gaethje uh, against Poirier again at some point. I think uh, those two need to battle it back again because I think Gaethje has progressed a lot since their last fight, and I think it's going to be even better a second yeah, time. Even, so. An even more insane fight. Yeah, Gaethje's always in – He, I, I feel like he just always finds himself in like that weird position where – Everyone gets dance partners, and, he, and he's just always left on the sidelines. And he's obviously one of the most exciting fighters in the world. So it'll be interesting to see who you know what happens next. But yeah, just I can't wait, man. I was I was gonna try to go to the fight, but I think it would have been a little too much, a little too many distractions, you know, because my fight's in, at the apex. Right. But I'm happy that I'm I'm flying out on Tuesday, like like a normal fight week, and I'm gonna be watching in Tampa as a fan. And I just can't wait for this weekend. No oh, man, it's gonna be great. Um, I'm super looking forward to this week. I'm also super looking forward to your fight next week against Gabriel Benitez. That's uh on Saturday, uh, July 17th. Uh, I appreciate you coming on here and breaking down this fight card with us. Uh, but before we go, if you want, the floor is yours. You can you know shout out any sponsors, tell everybody where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, so uh, it's all yours. Yeah, hell yeah, man, dude. Uh, thank you for having me, man. Like I said. I know a lot of people hit me up on, uh, you know, Twitter and Instagram and I, and I try to, you know, talk to it and do as much as I can. Uh, just follow me there. Uh, Billy Q MMA at Billy Q MMA on Twitter and Instagram. I use those two the most, especially talking to fans. I love talking to people on Twitter. Uh, there's so many funny personalities and, uh, yeah, July 17th. I can't wait, man. I'm going to make my mark and, uh, keep climbing up the ladder and, and, you know, get to these big fights that I've been dreaming of, these big Poirier, McGregor's, you know, these Israel Adesanya fights, like those type of high-level fights, and uh, I just can't wait for it. I've been dreaming of it for years, and I, I, I know I work hard, and, and I know I, I, I'm going to earn that spot eventually. Absolutely, man. You know it's going to happen, and we know it's going to happen. We're all rooting for you. We're going to be betting on you as well. So with that said, we will see you all cashing out at the ticket window. Until next time, you guys have a great night. Adios. 